Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand chum, bearded legend, the not happy Mr. Paul Levy. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 83. Thanks for joining us this week. have to say, this could be a bit of a ranting episode, but obviously we'll do our best to be uh, objective uh, as much as we can. It's going to be a real tough, <laughs> tough ask this yeah. week. Um, anyway, this is the only place where you're going to get a comprehensive roundup of everything from around the club, plus an update on how the ladies' team are doing. So, without further ado, as always, we start with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yep, so two trips to tell you about this week. Firstly, this Sunday, the 6th of November, Sheffield United in the FA Cup first round. Coaches leave Brisbane Road at 8 am, and it's a flat fee of £25 for everybody. Second trip to tell you about Doncaster Rovers on Saturday 26th of November. Coaches will leave Brisbane Road at half eight in the morning. That's £28 of members, £25 concessions and a £3 surcharge for non-members. Two ways of booking those trips. You can book in a supporters club for any home game or you can book via the travel line on 07722135970. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on to the week that was, Monday the 20. 4th of October, Robbie Weir spoke to George Sessions about the Hartlepool match and he said the manner of which we conceded the first goal was very sloppy and it has been something this season. We have been working on set pieces, Alex made a fantastic stop and if it was 2-0 then it was an even bigger mountain to climb. But we went on and scored and that gave us a bit of release but we didn't sit back, we kept on going and we got the 3-1 win. It must have been, it was a must three points and we've had a tough week. We've had double days and no day off so we've put the graft in. Saturday's proved it was worth it, but we can't get carried away because it's only one win. We're nowhere near where we need to be yet, but we're still climbing the table. But we're still climbing the table, but a lot of confidence has come from the win and we need to kick on. So that was Robbie talking about the victory at Hartlepool, which yeah, is three one. Right. Must get carried away. One win doesn't suddenly change the season and make you can title chasers. Yeah, that's true that. So that was true. Also on Monday, Ollie Palmer was named in the official EPL team of the week for his two goal display against Hartlepool so well done to Oli so he'd scored two goals against Hartlepool he'd scored three goals in his last two games and a much deserved uh, place there for Oli uh, in that team yep and physio Peter Webb tweeted quite late in on Monday evening saying Sandro has no break uh, alluding to the fact that Sandro was uh, taken off in the Hartlepool yep. match but he goes on to say but now it's time to get to work and get this boy back into action so at that point we was you know very pleased to hear that and, and good yep. to hear that Sandro uh, wasn't more serious so we wished him well yeah Tuesday 25th of October an Orient Development XI lost 3-2 to a very experienced Luton Town team uh, with Victor Adebayo and Stephen Elzarte scoring the Orient goals. So it's more like well the Orient done. youth team playing a, a Louvre reserve team. So yeah. not a bad result there. So well done to the uh, Development XR, even though they lost this result. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no shame in that. Wednesday the 26th of October was a quiet day. Nothing happened. So Thursday the 27th of October, we don't usually focus on ex-player quotes, but ahead of the crew game on Saturday, XO Chris Dagnall said, it's changed a lot since I was there. And there might only be one or two players left from my time there. It's such a shame. It's a good club with great fans and based in a great location. I joined them in the in the middle of the playoff season, and it's a, and it's disappointing to see where they are. But this is what happens when new owners come in and change things. So you know, it wasn't um, having a dig at us, but you know, it was nice that he was quite yeah. considered in what he had to say. Feels like a lifetime ago since. Yeah. Uh... 
that season. I feel like I've aged ten right. years since then. You look like you've aged ten years. I feel like <laughs> it. In the evening on Thursday, we made our second appearance on Fan TV via Skype. So we were sat in Paul's lovely kitchen. Uh, if you've seen it, you've probably seen the picture that's behind us. It got a lot of attention towards the end of the. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Piece. He just made a thing about uh, some instruments that have been oil painted. I mean, it was it was a nothing painting in that regard, and and. You know, no, it looked good. So, if you missed it, you can uh, catch that on uh, YouTube. Uh, so the links are on our Twitter and Facebook page. And if you want to catch our five-minute cameo where we spoke about Cavison and the Hartlepool win and about the crew game that was coming up, uh, download it on YouTube. Fast forward to one hour forty-nine, and that's when you'll see two handsome young men appearing on your screen, and that'll be me and Paul. Yeah, and not Matt and James. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was good, actually. Um, you know, they they are absolutely doing their best to get more more representation across the Football League in, so, you know, they talk to all fans from all clubs, yeah. not just London Prem clubs or Man U or Man City, so that was good, and we spoke about the current situation and, and, and the win, which was good. Yeah, they seem to be very interested in Leighton Orient, and we're kind of happy to help and give give our views and yeah. you know when we're on it they do ask for tweets so if you're watching it feel free to tweet them because you, know, you get mentioned on TV yeah it's Sky 212 and I think Freeview Channel 91 yeah. so if you don't have Sky or Cable it is on Freeview yeah. so if you've got a modern telly it's probably got it on there uh, so moving on to Friday the 28th of October uh, ahead of the home match against Crew, Alberto Cavas in, um, in conversation with uh, club media team told the official website we need to build on last week's win there is no reason why we cannot start replicating the away results at home and if we are to start moving up the table the results and performance must improve every day we are growing as a team and I do believe we can start to put together a good run and start making a move up the table crew are a good solid team who like to play their football on the ground they're a well organised team and though results have not quite gone their way of late they will be keen to come back to come here and pick up the points. Yep, so fair quote there, Cavison. Yeah. He speaks well. Yeah, he does. He speaks like he knows. Yeah. But I'm not sure that I, I'm a bit pessimistic. A bit. <laughs> someone just made that up for him. Yeah, you could be right. Like how much that. has he actually scouted them? How much yeah. does he actually know? What What is our. Because Jed Searsons has left. Yeah. Yonks. Yeah, so yeah, who's yeah. our scout? Who's scouting the. No questions have been asked about that. No idea. Who, who's, who's doing all the reviews of the clubs? Unless no they're idea. using Matt Bristow's. <laughs> you know? I doubt it. I'd like to think so, but I doubt it. Okay. So uh, after that, it was a bit of a hectic late afternoon at the club. Yeah. Uh, as one was announced coming in and one was announced leaving. So, firstly, the talented Freddie Moncur uh, has left us to join Bishop Stortford on loan. So, good luck to Freddie. He's been a loan earlier in the season, hasn't he, to win games. He's not actually left the club, like, I, as in no, we terminated his contract. No, no, he's just, just alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's his second low spell of the season, so we wish him well. Yeah. Uh, and then at 5pm, the club announced the signing of free agent Michael Collins, uh, who comes in as cover for Liam Kelly. So Michael Collins is 30 years old, most recently enjoyed a spell with the I-League champions Bengala Uru out in India, uh, and has signed a three-month deal, which will run until January 2017, and I presume we've got an option to sign I would have thought so. Sensible, because Liam Kelly's meant to be back around January. It's yeah. a sensible signing, actually. So we'll see. This is the most logical signing that I've I've seen. So <laughs> for me, on paper, he looks he looks decent. You know, he's got English league pedigree. He's been captain at a previous club, played at a high level in Huddersfield yep. Town. Yeah. Uh, one of those that was featured on the Sky TV show, yep. Play Without a Contract, yep. or, or, or you know, the same so one the that Pritch, Pritch was yep. on. Um, so yeah, he's got the pedigree. Let's see if we can. 
utilise that. Yeah, for me, I agree with you. I know nothing about him, to be honest. No. It wasn't a name I recognised, but like you no. said, player with good experience, good pedigree, almost yeah. 200 appearances for Huddersfield. Yeah. I think he captain was... Scunthorpe. Captain of Scunthorpe. Well, they got promoted a couple of years ago. He'd been around a bit, but yeah, fair play to him. A few criticisms from the that I saw on Twitter about giving away the number seven shirt so easily to a three-month signing, but they were never going to retire the number seven shirt. Never going to retire it. Um, But yeah, hopefully he can do well and, you know, prove his worth. He's got, like Benedicic, who's only on a short-term deal as well. Those two players have got something to play for. Their futures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had quite a few tweets, didn't we? Yeah, we did. About the ins and outs. So just a few we'd mentioned. Uh, Firstly, LesLK52 who said, we desperately need the experience Collins brings of playing at a high level. Monco's chance will come, but not just yet. And you met Les yesterday, I believe. I did, on the train, yeah. yeah so um, that's another saga in its own right. <laughs> uh, Billy Herring 03 said, not sure yet, have to see him on the pitch. If he's another filler like Jansen, I'd rather give Monco a run out. Also, I'm not convinced he'll be better than at S. Morrow, uh, Sammy Moore, who's on loan uh, over at Dover. So I'd rather we'd have just kept him. More lack of long-term planning from LOFC. Good point about Sammy Moore, actually. 100% he's, agree. Seems like he's doing well at Dover. Dover are doing very well in that division. So We might yeah. be playing... A, well, we might be swapping <laughs> league places at Leeds. Yeah. Really. Uh, uh, SNO's fan said it's a no-brainer signing for us. Good for club and for the player. It gives he, us the cover we need badly. At Boatsy, least he has experience in this league rather than some of the recent signings. Yeah, like it at Ed Ramsden. So just been watching the Out of Contract Sky One documentary which featured Michael Collins. Seems like a genuine guy that obviously has a great work ethic and character that the O's need. Hopefully will be a positive influence on the rest of the squad. At Robert Locke 14, think Moncur should have been given a chance. Saying that, experience counts as well, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, at Euro Orient, it's sad to see Moncur go... Good luck to Collins, but surely Sammy Moore is better, both in the short and medium term. I think that Sammy's not got a recall clause in his loan, from what I've heard. No, he's there till January. Yeah. That's right, he's but there till January. There's nothing that crazy. we can do about that. Crazy. At Jamie Stripe said, we have gone from experience, we've gone for experience, which is okay. Blooding youngsters in a team struggling for form is, is risky, as Pollock found out. Yeah, good point, good point. Sir. So Very they were all points. tweets to us at Orient Outlook, so if you get any views on anything <coughs> Orient-related... Get in contact with us by giving us a tweet or you can contact us on Facebook or via email at orientoutlook at outlook.com. Absolutely. So we move on to Saturday the 29th of October. The under-18s continue their great form uh, with a thriller against Luton, winning 5-3, two goals from, sorry, 5-3 in case that wasn't clear, with two goals from Tristan Abrahams, two from Sam Dolby, and one from Danny Hat. So great result for Very those, good result. those guys. Very we good must result. get ourselves down I to know. these. I know we keep saying it, it's and difficult. it is a timing thing. It's but difficult. I am going to get myself down to, to watch that. Mate, another two for Sam Dolby. Yeah. Flying. The Errol kid, called it. The kid's 16 years old. Errol's called it. But and, he's, and he's playing him in the under 18, which is a year ahead of where he should yeah. be. And why not Tristan Abraham as well, who's coming up on that squash sheet a, a lot, lot more often? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Moving on to the first team then. Could they win 5 3? We'll see, we'll let you know. And if you don't know, well, you're, you don't know really. you're in for a shock. <laughs> <laughs> so crew at home, team lineup was announced. Uh, Chizak in goal, back four of Jans at right back, Hunt and Parks in the middle with Kennedy left back, midfield of Massey on the right, Atangala where in the middle with Semedo on the left with Bauer and Palmer starting up front. Subs, Sam Sargent, Dunn, Benedicic, Collins, who made the bench, Onomo, Adebayojo and Jay Simpson. So an unchanged team from the Hartlepool game with Jay Simpson returning to the bench, along with new signing, Michael Collins. So for me, I was fairly happy with that. 
why yeah. change your winning side who did well last week? Yeah, I agree. Happy with that too. Decent side on paper with some game changers on the bench. If, yeah, if if needs be. Yeah. yeah, a few tweets came in. Uh, one we mentioned from at d underscore Blundell said, "I'm amazed to see Semedo play after leaving the last match on crutches." Hashtag superglue. So, God knows how the medical team got him fit for that game, but shows a, you how good Peter Webb is. A isn't credit it? to them for getting him fit. I was talking about a leg break after the game on Saturday. He said it wasn't broken on Monday night, and then he's in the team on the Saturday after. Very well. Yeah, absolutely. So, match kicked off. Yeah. I missed it. You missed it. I got caught on the central line saga. One one <laughs> to train. And, and it's I been know. so bad. Even the guys at Haynall Station said, can't believe how badly they've managed it. Yeah, very well. One poor. 40 train caused very the whole poor. hour's delay. But, but you anyway, got there about half past three, didn't you? Just after 20 yeah. past, yeah. 23 Crazy. past three. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I was there for kick-off. So, first 15 right. minutes, mate, that you missed. Right. It was pretty decent, actually. It. We were yeah. all right. We were passing it around well. We didn't really threaten their goal. But... Um, we looked confident. We were completely dominating possession. Story uh, of our season, though, know that we look all right yeah. for 10, 20 minutes and then... But we looked fine. We looked fine. Six minute, free kick, bravely won by Robbie Ware, put his head in, got boots to the head, got up. Callum Kennedy in a decent enough position, got like, over the wall, but easily into the keeper's hand. 17th minute, uh, ball into our box, went to Dagnall. He controlled it well, actually. He looked really sharp, Dagnall. Um Great shot. Chizak got down low very well, pushed it away. That was a really good effort from Dagnall. Yeah. Um, and then just like 10 minutes after I walked in and sat down. So you arrived and I said, oh, we're playing all right. I said, we've been playing all right. I said, yeah, this has been okay, actually. I was like, we're looking okay. And that seemed to be the curse. As soon yeah, as I said you that. You spoke too soon because in the 33rd <laughs> minute, completely against the yeah. right play, yeah, I think there was a crew dead ball, a free kick that I think came in. Um, and... Their number 14, I can't remember what his name is. No, was. this is... I think you'll get him out a lot with the second goal. No, the first goal, when he's cut it back. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't from a dead ball, though. It wasn't a dead ball. I thought it came no, from a dead ball. No, that was the second one. Oh, okay. So, crew crew number 14, as I say, I can't remember what yeah. his name was, did well. He sort of... The ball was going out of play on the to, to behind the goal, and he sort of slid in and sort of cut it back. Could Hunt have done better there? Cause I think, I, I think when, everybody When I watched done. it back, because it's Hunt's man, Hunt... Seems to think it's going out and doesn't make so makes a little effort to get there. When I say little effort, I mean no, no effort, effort at all. Uh, thinking the guy's not going to get there, and the guy keeps it in really just, well, literally just, just gets it in, keeps it into our box, and then it falls to Hunt, who kind of instead of putting his foot through it, no, it get, falls to Cooper. No, he, he cuts it back to Cooper, and Cooper just puts no, it no, in. no, it falls to Hunt, who gets it to Yance, and Yance with the most ridiculous clearance I've ever seen. Clears it to his man, clears it to nowhere, falls to them and Cooper, who then squares it to their man, oh, right, okay. who finishes it. Terrible defending all round, terrible defending from Hunt, insane defending from Yance. Um just <coughs> awful defending. Chizak, I thought I had no chance with that with that goal. I don't don't think Chizak would have saved that. Okay, so, so yeah, calamitous defending there, really. Rubbish defending. It gets um, one of the players well. I thought up until that point we were playing okay. Okay. Sort of playing okay and just couldn't, couldn't clear our lines then, really. No. Okay, no. fine. And in the 35th minute, lucky not to be two down. Crew opened us up again, across flashed across the goal, fell to Kawamia, who I thought was very good actually, yeah. the young kid from Chelsea. Struck it well, and his shot was cleared off the line by Parks' knee. I think there's a few people it was a handball, but it wasn't. No, it, if it, it was handball, the ball would have stopped dead <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. So it hit his knee and it sort of pinged out. So, But 42, 42 minutes on the clock, um, a free kick that Parks had conceded. Cross came into the box, fell to Harry Davis, who manages to get a couple of touches on it. He controls it, 
and end up getting his shot away despite being marked by Parks and Kennedy. Yeah, it was terrible. Another poor goal to def- to concede and terrible defending by Orient. I go, we just can't, we just can't defend for love nor money at the moment. No, really bad defending. A really disappointing goal to concede. <sighs> Again, easy goal for for them. At that point, it was two 0 The crowd were had already kind agitated. of agitated. Agitated yeah. players looked like they had no belief left or. Or spirit, and from that point, you already felt there was no coming back from that. At Guardian Orient's tweet kind of summed it up, saying Atangana was running around the pitch, right, left, and centre to ensure the O's have the ball. Can the rest of them have the same urgency? Question mark. I thought that was a brilliant tweet. I thought it was a brilliant tweet. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and the answer to that, unfortunately, um, is no. No, they can't. Basically, yeah. Because they can't be bothered by the looks of it. So the halftime whistle went. Uh, a few boos as the halftime whistle. Yeah, right. Uh, as we build off the pitch, the halftime. 2-0 down. So like I said, for me, good first 20 minutes, very poor last 25. Frustrating individual areas, but if you can't, how many times have we sat on the podcast? You can't defend, you're not going to win. Yeah. You're not going to win any matches, are yeah. you? It's yeah. Not, if not you, if you can't stop the ball going in the back of your own yeah, yeah. net, then you're bound to, unless you're going to score more goals than them, you're going to lose football matches. So well, I guess, I mean, last week I said the turning point for me was the 52nd minute, which is exciting to keep it at one little. The turning point for me was that Hunt Yance yeah, not clearing because up yeah. until then we looked alright we looked more confident than them that was the turning point for me that first that first goal um, attendance was 4,366 yeah. with 299 away fans so, yeah, so made a bit of noise didn't they they but did they had a good little drum beat going I quite like the drum beat yeah. they had a good little rhythm going so half time we could see that Michael Collins was being warmed up quite rigorously um, so we knew he was going to come on but we're surprised that he came on for Jordan Bowery um, didn't see that one coming. I thought, no. it, I thought where was going to come off. If I was being honest, I thought where would be the man removed. I agree. Um, and we went to a four-five-one at two-nil down. I think some people thought it was four-three-three, but it turns out it was actually a four-five-one, which I made the sub that. total orient. A few other people. I think the official website said it was four-five-one because it looked like four-three-three because we had Nigel, Robbie, and Michael Collins. As the Had three. we got more attacky, and I think it would have been four three three, but and they didn't. They weren't pushing up because John Macker pointed out that look, Semedo and Massey are up next to to Palmer. Uh, they didn't get because then enough. we can go four five one defensive, but four three three attack. Whatever he done, it didn't work. It anyway. didn't work. No, but, I agree, and that's semantics. But why do you, why would you go? Why would you go four five one when you're two 0 down? It it doesn't make sense. No, very silly sub there. We weren't being overrun in midfield particularly. It was just mistakes that were being made by individuals. It wasn't that they were overrunning us in any particular area. So good to see Connors make his debut. Uh, Yeah, it was. I'll say that. So 52nd minute. um, Palmer done very well actually. Done well, won the ball, cut into the box. And his near post shot was well saved and went out for a corner. And from the resulting corner, Parks headed it just wide. In the 54th minute. Uh, the cross ball, crossfield ball from Weir kept him pretty well by uh, by Callum yeah, Kennedy. Yeah, very well. I thought um, he puts in a decent cross, but unfortunately that amounted to nothing because nobody took a yeah. gamble by running into the box to to meet it. Uh, I think it just sort of slight, went slightly. I over, think Semedo so. was on the uh, Semedo hasn't got corner of the box on the other side, waiting for it to go there, and he didn't really gamble, made no. the run. But maybe down to lack of experience, or maybe down to the fact that he's not forward. Shouldn't shouldn't be. In that position, maybe. Someone noted that none of the attacks... Usually, what one of the tactics that Russell Slade had was that either Coxie or whoever was on the other wing would be at the far post. Yeah, and yeah, cross came it. And yeah, yeah, made, yeah, yeah. made its way all the way out, which it shouldn't have done, but if it did, that he'd be there to mop it up. Yeah. And we don't seem to be doing that, but no. Sandro was given that role and he kind of didn't. No, Samantha's so, a strange one for me. He's not 
it, great goal last week, but in the actual matches that I've seen last couple, yeah, he's not really done. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Footballing-wise, his brain isn't quite there. Something me. to note as well that I don't think we've mentioned. Harry Cornick, currently injured. Nobody no knows who's still at the club. So I guess we'll have to see where that one takes us. That's a bit yeah. concerning if Cornick's gone. So for the next 20 minutes, I've got to say I was bored. The match was going on. It seemed to be passing me by. I, I wasn't really watching it. I was in my own little world, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, could get any kind of rhythm. Crew were happy to sit back at 2-0. They didn't need to come forward at us. We didn't look like we were going to create anything. It was just non-eventful. Really boring. I'd say one of the most boring matches I've probably ever been at. Uh, and then in the 69th minute, tweet from actual sessions, said the South Stan sing Bichetti out. I would say not all the South Stan, but... A, 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 Quite a favourable few, quite a favourable amount of people singing it. Um, before the West End chant, this is embarrassing. Not looking good at Brisbane I Road. I don't hear that. I don't. Remember I don't remember hearing that. that. But the West End, I don't often hear what they sing sometimes. No. Anyway, but yeah, if you be shitty out, I guess not surprisingly with the kind of the way that match was going. Yeah, being some. Yeah, and in the seventy-second minute, Gavin Massey came off for Ulrich and Nomo. I'm surprised. I think Gavin Massey's lost a bit of conf- quite a lot of his confidence because yeah, he started off really brightly Absolutely and he doesn't agree. look dangerous anymore. Nigel Atangana came off for Jay Simpson, which led to chance of you don't know what you're doing, and Nigel, which is very a very odd substitution to take the only guy that's got yeah. the skill, determination, and enthusiasm to want to drive the team forwards and relieve the pressure on the back four. Um, don't know why he didn't take off Robbie Weir. Um, seemed a real strange one. The fact that we're singing, you don't know what you're doing. The guy can't understand us, so it's pointless. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit absolutely. Of a thing, but no, um, yeah, it was a strange one. The Atangana, he was our best player on that pitch yeah. by a million miles. And if he was injured, fair enough. But there's nothing to come out of the club to yeah. suggest that he was injured. So no. really, really strange. So 77th minute, Anomo does well on the left, and his cross got cleared. Came out to where. Um, who shot but well over from a decent position there had that gone in we might have with 13 minutes left it could have been a game changer but, yeah. but nothing happened there yeah and in the 86th minute another tweet from, from George Sessions who said remember home versus Yeovil Town last year when the LOFC fans got their phone torches out they're doing the same again it's not yeah. good here no, it wasn't to the same extent was it like, no, I guess Yeovil was, it was everyone barring probably me and you doing that and a few yeah. others but it was happening again. 87th minute, just to cap off the day. Lomo got stretched off from what looked like a lovely challenge. Uh, so we yeah. had to finish the match with 10 men. It looked like he was in a bit of pain there as well. Yeah, and so to be stretched off as well. Yeah, hopefully he's okay. But I think... I'm well, sure, I'm sure we won't hear so. about that. So the club won't tweet anything on that because that's that's their that's their position on, on general communications. That's not a dig at, at the media guys at all. <laughs> um Seven minute stoppage time are played, and in the 95th minute, Alex Chisek is forced to make an outstanding a save as Parks brilliant save. slipped when he was in position, uh, possession, rather, and he let Dagnall in, who unselfishly squared it, and their man uh, and Alex Chisak managed to save because their man shot and, and Chisak yeah, dived. So brilliant save. It was it fantastic. Was, after Parks slip, it was 3 on 1. 3 on 1, Dagnall played it across, and the guy, the, guy, the guy hit it really well, and Chisak done brilliantly. Great save. I mean, had yeah. it been 3 0. I hate to think what would have happened. Just remember the mass exodus and more machete out chanting. So, yeah. full time whistle finally went to put us out of our misery as we slipped to a 2 0 defeat amid more charts of machete out as we equaled a club record of six consecutive home league defeats. Club record. It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's crazy. So, after the match, Cavison was interviewed and said we started the first 20 minutes well as we played the ball and we had the situation in our hands. 
Oh, uh, this is what happens when you do live podcast and someone tweets you and it comes through <laughs> uh, in our hands, but we did not create good chances and then we conceded the goal, so we had to go back into our positions on the pitch. It was too easy for them to score and it's going to be our duty to work out the situation and to not let this happen again. My worries have not changed since the beginning of my adventure here. The results have not changed. We need to just keep at it and improve. I could say there have been many improvements, but you can have good results by not even improving at all. That is the difference. It what is does not... that even mean? No idea. What I was up with him until we talked about his adventure. Uh, it is not about how many improvements the team does. It is, it is the fact about how we can work as a team and not concede so easily. What so I know what he's trying to say. There's a few rogue words, I think, within that paragraph. I think, if, if I'm being honest, I think people need to go onto the BBC London website, uh, BBC London Twitter feed, and actually listen back to Dave Victor's interview with him. It's one of the weirdest interviews. It is, it's very surreal. Even with translation, and I accept that there will be words that will yeah, be yeah. different and whatnot, he just doesn't talk in any logical sense. So something's either wrong with him or the, or the boy translated. Yeah, possibly. I don't, I don't know which one it is. Possibly. So he goes on to say about the substitute, I thought they were all playing more or less the same. Well, I'm sorry, but 4,100 Leighton Orient fans will disagree with <laughs> yeah, you yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he goes on to say, so I could have taken off Robbie Weir or Nigel Atangana or Michael Collins. Yeah. But in the end, I chose to take out Atangana this time. And Dave Victor challenged him saying... What you were going to substitute, thinking about substituting the substitute, and then that all kind of went like yeah, yeah. lost in transit. We put that he put that down to yeah. it was it was ridiculous. You wouldn't substitute the substitute who hadn't done anything wrong. You take off the man that's playing better. All right, his team captain, but you take yeah, absolutely. It, it just didn't make sense, and and that's when all the you don't know what you're doing and the frustration yeah, yeah. levels really kicked in. So. League table, we're now at our lowest league position of the season as we slip to 23rd in League 2. 15th, 15 league games we've now played. We've only won four, we've only drawn three, but we've lost eight. We've got a goal difference of minus four and we've only accumulated 15 points out of 45 possible wow. available. We're four points ahead of Newport, who are in 24th, and we're one point behind Cambridge in 22nd but I think we're 7 or 8 points off of playoffs which I know is a massive ask but it just like we said on fan TV it just shows you how compact this league is that a win and a draw can really put you back up into sort of mid table and and, and put you a bit safer so we normally mention tweets that come to us but we did see one from Matt Bristow it wasn't to us but we're going to mention it anyway who said I make it Orient sit in their lowest league position since 27th of September 2003 after their defeat to Huddersfield Town so Pretty good stat, Matt. Pretty poor. Good well, stat, Matt. Mate. Next time, include us in that tweet, will you? Yeah, so we don't. So, your views from yesterday? Absolutely livid with this result. It was a poor, poor game. Several, uh, several of the players should be utterly ashamed of themselves. There's no fight, there's no passion, there's no spirit. Jantz isn't good enough. He's robbing a living, uh, in my opinion. Some of his calamitous passing is, is, is not even Sunday. It would be an insult to Sunday leaguers. I think, I think, to it's, I think his confidence took a absolute pounding on that first goal after that he literally couldn't pass he couldn't to do anything to anyone in a red shirt couldn't like, do it before that take him off Put, yeah. bring Alan Dunn yeah, on yeah. bring Alan Dunn on well, I don't know why Alan Dunn isn't starting ahead of this schmuck anyway um, he's robbing a living Semedo is not at the level we need him to be at whether that's a confidence thing or not he's 19 maybe he's not being managed yeah. correctly but we let Dean Cox go so he's got to play because we don't have yeah. any out and out wingers so well apart from Cornick who's injured or maybe not even at the club anymore 
Yeah, so yeah. in terms of availability, it's like putting a plaster over a crack. Um, <laughs> Weir is off the pace. He doesn't seem to, to, to affect the game like he should do. Palmer's feeding off, off, off of scraps, really. He, there was one point where he had four players around him in their box and he's trying to drive through them like an absolute bulldozer. It's because no one else is around Anomo, him. When Anomo was clearly in a position where he could have been laid back to yeah. and he had a much, much clearer shot on goal. But... Palmer saying, well, I don't get much of the ball, so I want a shot at goal here. That's That's my job. So, Massey, again, started off really well, but lacking in confidence, possibly gone off the ball massively. Footballers live a very charmed life by comparison to many other professions. They get paid well to train four mornings a week and play for 90 minutes on a Saturday. My heart bleeds that they have been made to do double sessions. That's an extra couple of hours a day in the afternoon. The fact that... the double sessions came from the owner and not the manager, in my opinion, is not appropriate and another issue altogether. Yeah. But when you put a club shirt on and cross the white line, you forget whatever personal issues you have or what other issues are going on and you play like you've trained all your life for, not like you've been pulled off the street and shoved into the club, like it's a chore for you to be there. Atengana being taken off was so shocking as he was, he was a driving force. Park's making mistakes that shouldn't be made. Rudimental, rudimentary Basic errors. It's absolutely ridiculous. Wait, that's a defender who's had two consecutive promotions with Bristol Rovers before yeah. joining us. Yeah. I'm just want to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's why I'm probably being more harsh on him because he's making stupid... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You slip. I get that. You can't help that. But uh, some of the other stuff is absolute drivel. You can blame Bichetti, blame Cavasin, and, and believe you me, I'm, I'm no Bichetti lover, but when the players cross the white line, there is a, a level of onus that's on them, a level of responsibility that they must take as well. And to top it all off, I missed the first 25 minutes due to central line problems, so it was a bad day all round. And yeah, Les, good to meet you, and um, hopefully we won't suffer those problems uh, again. Now, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, and this could be a two-hour-long podcast, but you know... It's not. I'm not going to do that. But I'm genuinely concerned that we will go down because I can't see how we're going to win matches with the players that, that that we've got playing the way that we're playing. On paper, that side is good enough to be in the playoffs. Yeah, agree, on paper, yeah, I agree. With you. But obviously, football isn't, isn't yeah, yeah. played on paper, and that's the problem. I like it, I like it for me. First half hour was okay. I thought, like I've said, the first goal completely knocked the stuffy out of us and you could see all the confidence draining from the team especially like I said Jens who couldn't put a pass together after he took that that error second goal completely killed the match off both goals defensively terrible to concede second half was nothing half subs for me were baffling um, we've already mentioned that I, you know the Nigel sub was just ludicrous lucky we had Chizak in goal made a good save early on from Dagnall made a great save at the end to stop it from being 3-0 Otherwise, the scoreline would have been a lot worse for me. Worst performance this season by a mile, by an absolute mile. I think you were saying the, you thought the oval was worse, or someone was next to me. Yeah, it wasn't for me. The oval was completely dominated by the Bichetti after antics when he started waving. For me, that performance yesterday was which he did again abysmal. Yesterday. Only very quickly, though. yeah, he didn't yeah. dominate it. It was rubbish. Apart from Chizak for me, Atangana and Palmer to a certain extent, the team were very poor. I still don't think we're getting relegated, but with, this, with performances like that yesterday, we're going to make it very difficult for ourselves and end up taking it to the wire. You know, like you've already mentioned, the after match interview with Dave Victor was baffling. I listened to the first two minutes and turned it off because it was just doing low on any favours. And like I say, terrible performance. Worst one I can remember for a while, when that's saying something done. Ran over. Yeah, so your I mean, views. It, it, we, we, yeah, we we could go on and, and and rant and rave. This isn't just a one-off rant because we played 
we played badly. This is the culmination of a whole season of of inadequate performances from a, you know, right the way across the pitch and and owners being involved, the owner being involved in, in 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 the team and all the rest of it is just absolutely ridiculous. And we heard, yes, I think we, I've noted it somewhere about. Vito Michelli, who's yeah. the operations director, standing behind the goal watching training. Yeah. And and some people dug out Alex Chizak a week or two ago about him being bad. But actually, the guy saved us from from major embarrassment in many, many yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, he's kind of wearing a bulletproof outfit for me at the moment because for me, he's a bit untouchable because as badly as the front, the, the back four are playing at times or, or, in, or, the, or those nine at ten ahead of him, He's he's been pretty consistent, yeah, and very pretty consistent. damn good. So very consistent. So, yeah. So we had an email in from uh, our friend who sits a, a couple of rows behind us, Dennis. It's quite a lengthy um, email, um, which I'll I'll read out uh, to it now. So he goes on to say, um, perhaps someone at the club can ensure that the president gets to see this email. He said, since Barry Hearn has sold the club to Mr. Bicchetti, we've gone from the brink of the championship to ninety. Third out of 94 clubs in the English Football League. Yesterday's pathetic performance against Crewe was the last straw for this lifelong Orient supporter. The current management setup is responsible for the following actions which have collectively led to our current parlous position. The appointment of a succession of managers who have all either failed or not, given enough, not been given long enough to prove their worth. The most bizarre of these appointments has been the two Italian managers, neither of whom can speak English and have zero experience of managing in the EFL. Furthermore, our current manager, Alberto Cavasin, has not held a football management position for the past five years and whose record in Serie A was hopeless, to put it mildly. I think even he appeared to have given up yesterday after his disinterest in the second half and appearing at the start of the match without his Orient scarf that he has worn on match days since he took over. How on earth did the president think this was a sensible appointment? Good point. So, second point he makes, saying constant interference from the president during the stewardship of our succession of managers, including to have rumoured to have instructed the manager not only on team selection, but culminating this week in an edict to Alberta to subject the players to double training sessions. This was reported officially on the website and just serves to undermine the authority of Alberto and previous managers when it comes to playing matters. The inexplicable sidelining of players such as Joby McEnough, Kevin Nolan, Alan Dunn, and perhaps most damagingly, Dean Cox. Dean was let go immediately after deadline, thereby preventing him from playing for another EFL club until January 2017. A dreadful way to treat a true Orient legend and without being able to get any sort of transfer fee for him. Yeah, it goes on to say the deplorable incident where the president came on the pitch after our Boxing Day game and kicked the then manager in the posterior and tried to make it look like some sort of joke. The Football Association, as well as all Orient fans, saw it differently and a six-match stadium ban for the president followed. More importantly, it brought the ludicrous incident to the attention of the footballing world, leaving Leighton Orient as a laughing stock. Protests at the ground during and after matches of late has been inevitable, but for the president to wave arrogantly at the protesters serves to evidence the fact that he has no idea what damage he is doing to our club and demonstrating that he really does not care. So Dennis goes on to finish the email by saying apologies for cataloguing the sorry state of affairs that have happened under the current ownership and since that heady day out at Wembley, but enough is enough. Please, Mr. President, realise that strength for feeling against you allows that you are happy to relinquish ownership and move on before all hope of going out of the EFL is lost. And that's from Dennis Gotts, 
and he just copied that to the sports editor of the Wolfram Forest Guardian. So I'm sure you'll probably see that get published. I would have thought. Yeah, I, I hear. I, I agree with everything Dennis has said. The, the thing is, though, if he does go, what happens? I mean, yeah, this is something for Loft at, for their AGM on the 10th of November at yeah. the Birkbeck Tavern. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, on my social media account, I've questioned Loft a little bit, and for me, that's why I'm not sitting there standing up for Bichetti because no one's. No one's come up with a no one. No one has. No one has told me what happens if they get Bichetti. Yeah, like Brexit, isn't it? It is like Brexit, you know. And if Loft, really? if Loft tell, if Loft come up with a, a plan that appeals to me on the tenth of November, then I will gladly protest for Bichetti out, and I will gladly get behind it. But at the moment, people telling me, you know, that we'll be okay because we're a big, we're a London club, and we're we've got value. To me, doesn't make any make me feel any better about anything at the moment. But tons of views, you know. So we'll go through all well a selection of views that we had yesterday. So the yeah. first one, one that got a, quite a lot of uh, action was from Atkid Samson O, who tweeted us and a few other uh, accounts saying rumours of a play revolt in Cavison being sacked. Uh, but at this time, you know we haven't currently been informed of anything to suggest no, this. We've we don't heard anything about that. Rumours also the FB has turned down four million pound from a Chinese consortium. Again, just rumours to us, nothing confirmed, nothing that we know of, but again, we wouldn't officially know of anything anyway. No. Um, should anything like that be happening? But yeah, so we don't know again. everything about everything, but usually we get to hear something like that. Sometimes. But we haven't. So, um, other tweets that we got that we liked, at Stu Futz, uh, worried for the O's, Jekyll and Hyde performances, need to sort out the home form. Absolutely. Like I said, six consecutive loss for club it's record not now. Not good enough. Speno 011 said, dreadful, so dreadful, there was no fire at all. Richie J. Bourne said, we could seriously lose our league status with performances like this. What a terrible yeah. home record. Orient Boy makes the same point by saying, we've taken eight points out of the last 30. We are 20, yes, 20 points behind the leaders after just 15 games. Hashtag killing my club I mean that's a shocking stat 20 points behind the leaders yep it's there for everyone to see yep. Andy underscore PO16 reality is even in the conference this lot was struggle there's no desire passion or leadership the club is rotten yeah at David TH six four three zero one eight eight nine. so Paul Brush is a happy man tonight no longer the holder of title man to put worse side in all its history on the pitch Wow. At Vince Howard, 73, totally inept from the management downwards. Weir shouldn't be in the team, let alone captain. Offers nothing. Yeah, Weir's a strange one, isn't he? He kind he of is. admitted he'd been playing poorly. Came back against Hartlepool, we won. He got named in the team of the week. A few people who were there questioned question that. that. And yesterday, he didn't seem to have a very good game again. At yeah. Len and Four, said, after seeing that performance, I don't blame people turning their back on the club. Reality check. A reality check isn't enough now. Yeah, LOFC one nine seven one said seven points off the playoffs. Yeah, and it went went on to put a nice hashtag in that we can't read out on the podcast. No, at LOFC nineteen seventy eight said the manager's decisions baffling, but it was an awful performance. Second half was a non-event shambles. Every single Orient player should take a look at Nigel Atangana. He was the only consistent quality performer in the squad recently. Bang on. Bang on. And Chizak as well, I feel. Yeah. I thought Chizak as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't leave out Alice Chizak, but that is a bang on yeah. bang on uh, tweet there. At CM Oriental said, it's not looking very good now, is it? It's expected now. This must be our worst home start ever, surely. Number seven, lost in eight. Yeah, at Jamie Buck 98. <coughs> I like this one. Just keep, keeps it short and sweet. Just says, watching our team makes me want to kill myself now. 
I'll tell you what, a little piece of me does die every time that we, we, we have to talk about a loss. At Kai Showing said, getting harder and harder to remain upbeat about LOFC. 100% agree with that. Two seasons of subpar defending through basic errors still not fixed. Yeah, great point. At Orient Fan TV, he says, positive Nigel Asagana, only player today who showed some sort of fight in a low shirt. Then he got substituted. What a joke. Yeah, at Bill Fleet Heat said, I came, I supported, I did my bit. The O's players should be ashamed of themselves. Zero effort. Yeah, good point. Again, that's yeah. the thing that kind of makes, yeah. know, it, which is worse for the fans. You know, it's not, not seeing that the players are sweating for the shot or seem to put in any kind of effort or shifting. We've always said, or I've always said, I can take a loss if, we've, course, if yeah, yeah, we've tried our hardest yeah. and it just hasn't worked. What I can't take is a lax attitude and approach towards it and just expecting that we're just somehow going to win the game without putting any Mate, effort completely in. completely agree. At Jimbo1404, says, I'm wondering why we took Bowery off and put a centre mid on and had no one running from midfield for half an hour. <laughs> yep. At ALB5399, so, so poor. Just a bunch of gutless useless players who don't give a... We've changed the word to damn about LOFC. The only way is down. It's a shocking, mate. We sat in this room two months ago before the season started raving about all the new signings, about the experience, about the leadership, about the promotion qualities that all these new players have yeah. had. And here we are two months later. Talking about how bad they are. 23rd in the league. So something must be... Something's happened to affect how they're playing. They don't just suddenly get coached out all the goodness. Tom Parks, like you said, back-to-back promotions. Well, Callum Kennedy, promoted with Wimbledon. Jordan Bowery, just promoted with Oxford. Um, Robbie Weir, promoted with Burton. Uh, Nigel Attengarn's got decent pedigree. Um, if you, right, Massey came from... If Colchester, you're going to go, go down that route, yeah. Loft will tell you it's all about Bichetti. Well, something's happening Bichetti. behind the scenes yeah, yeah. to affect every single player that badly. Something's happening. Well, that's... That, that, that's what that's the million dollar question. So there you that's go. That's what everyone wants to know. Chelsea Fish said so it's becoming more challenge, challenging to watch our team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Chelsea Fish yeah. worked like a dog a week, and Saturdays are meant to be enjoyable, and they're not. Do you know what? Saturday was Spot the least on. enjoyable time I've had yeah, there I wish, in the last couple of years. I wish I, I hadn't say. bothered. Wish I hadn't bothered. HRPC UK said Bowery had a shocker, but to go 4 5 1 at half time was suicide. Let's defend a 2 0 loss. Yeah. With the sort of yeah, unbelievable yeah, yeah. emoji. Uh, Bradley Acker's 95, so I'm not FB's biggest supporter, but we need to stop blaming him and the manager. It's the players who cross the white line, hold them to account. Yeah, to a certain extent, they're getting yeah, away with certain, it because yeah. everyone's so focused on Bichetti out, Kevin Seacott's being his brother. The interference of players, his, his like team. Like I said, players aren't putting any kind of shift in and then getting no kind of criticism after it. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It, it's yeah. If if it wasn't, if it just wasn't going well because we were a bit unlucky or we got caught out or or whatever, but there just seems a general lack of apathy, a general apathy rather in the yeah. in, in in the team, which which isn't it's, it's not acceptable. At Pank P 7 the latest hashtag Halloween horror show nightmare on Brisbane Road. Bacchetti's revenge. This time it's seriously poor. Yeah, I like that one. At O's fan basin said so, no, that was the worst performance yet. An okay 10 minutes, then nothing. Nobody who could do anything to affect the game was on the pitch. We've brought a load of captains who point a lot and uh, hold. I like that point. Unfortunately, none of them ever actually do anything creative. Plan is to give the ball to Sandro and Massey and say, go and do something. But Lynn, they aren't that good. And nobody makes runs to help. No. That's a, that's great, a great tweet. tweet. Great yeah. tweet. Coleman's Art tweeted, at Nigel underscore at best O's player in a woeful team performance. Once he went off, we passed it round our back line for 30 minutes. We did. Good point. The occasional one said, my dad, who's been going since the 40s, said that Barry is the worst player he's seen down there in years. 
Wow. I, I, I'm, the jury's out for Will Bowery. I've, I've not seen him enough, but... In pre-season, he was looking really good. But he's not, so, not had any service, though. No, like, he the, hasn't. The, the four to yes, they didn't get any type of service into him. So, that's a, it's a tough one, that one. Yeah, at King Baggy King said, Sad we have been let down by the boys today. Lack passion, belief and desire to win. We have trouble up and downstairs. Sure do. At the Authentic Gaz said, This club, our club, my club, it's on its knees. This is a very serious, very worrying moment in our history. At Fern Holly said, I know he had a lot of injuries, etc., but letting Dean Cox was go but letting Dean Cox go was a negative. Always brought the team together in my opinion. Yeah. So, so, so Dean scored two and got three assists yesterday. Yeah. But he's playing in the seventh division. But still, what you know, Dean maybe could have changed some of that, that game. If Dean Cox gets a free kick in the sixth minute of that position Callum Kennedy got, I guarantee he's testing the keeper more than Callum Kennedy tested the keeper. Uh, at Muzakir Ahmed, said Semedo needs help. He's young and really talented. I would prosper under a system that actually works. I'd like to know what system you think that is, Muzakir. So do tell oh, no, I, 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 I think Sandra started the season really well. He looks full of confidence. Last couple of games, he's either lacquered, injured, or confidence is gone player in the first couple of games was on fire when Cox went you had people going oh it doesn't matter we've got Semedo yeah, that's true. how proudly people thought Semedo yeah but it, but then so, but then Massey started well as well yeah so absolutely so it absolutely. must be a confidence thing Kevin Cowden said body language of players tells you all you need to know taking wages for going through the motions at FB's big top who can blame them it's quite sad yeah John Mack in 1977 said a decent first 30 minutes a shocking last hour these players have done well at their previous clubs so you have to you have to know how they're being managed and how the managers are being managed, or should I say, dictated. As long as Bichetti owns our club, no manager will be given the slightest chance to succeed. Bichetti needs to do the honourable thing and sell. Hashtag Bichetti out. At Paul Crouchman, can it get any worse than this? Shocking performance and dire tactics. I'm starting to fear our team and I hate to be negative. Yeah, like, like it there, Paul. At David, D. David U said, you can blame players or blame the manager, but the club is broken and we don't have anyone who's capable of fixing it. Caverson stood for the whole game and pointed a couple of times, but can't help anymore because of the language barrier. And I, I guess, you know, that's the big thing with having yep. someone who can't speak the lingo. It's how do you affect the game? And for me, that's still why Yance is starting ahead of Adam yeah, Dunn yeah. because he can get the message across much easier. I agree. Underscore Neil Patel said, everyone was shouting, you don't know what you're doing at Caverson today, as if he knew what we were saying. Yeah, I think you made that point earlier. Well, I think yeah. it's because I've read that tweet, actually. To yeah. Me. I've plagiarized. Yeah, sorry, I'm not going to steal someone else's word. <laughs> at Steve DF1, said the result of over two years mismanagement without a drastic change, we are heading to the conference. Kylie uh, 05 said bit of a risk I thought we had turned the corner instead we turned into a cul-de-sac like it I like that like it we thought that last week as well at Timmy Patton said the thing that scares me is that I'm either resigned or past caring about what happens I love Orient but I don't like them at the moment Les underscore Bristow said Cavacin says we need to find some balance between attack and defence I think we have that balance we're crap at both <laughs> too good to go down no, currently not good enough to stay up, becoming very worrying. Yeah, good tweet there. At Digger H seven seven three zero four six said, didn't think it didn't think it's I could feel more down leaving the ground. Then I heard Dave Victor's interview with Caverson, Lord help us. So again, that's all available on the BBC website. London say. Sport, BBC yeah. London Sport. Yeah, give, if you've got a spare six minutes and you want to get even more depressed, give that a listen. At Dubbins ten, listening to Dulcet Dave's interview with Alberto. You know he was squeezing the mic and trying not to laugh or cry. First thing a manager does with a losing team is to try and stop conceding. In the last 14 games, one clean sheet, Barnet away under Andy Edwards. Tells you what you need to know about the defence, don't it? One in the last 14. Yeah. Uh, at 
I am underscore Emmo. Said, where is the most uninspiring and least effective captain ever? He goes missing. Why was Nigel taken off? Although the new player Collins looks tidy. He did actually. Steve Nugent UK. Just learned that Nigel wasn't injured when subbed. Clueless. Another manager stealing a living. FB not learned from previous mistakes. In other jobs it's called incompetence. When you own it and it and the boss it's insanity. Yeah, at Conway underscore Nigel. So I've suffered in silence for so long. But after yesterday's pitiful performance... I'm not sure how much more I can endure. And I think a lot of those fans are probably in the same boat now. Yeah. Uh, Baggy's House 42. The fear is becoming reality after 40 years supporting. We are now fearing the worst. And the final word goes to N Ramsden who says, I don't normally criticise the team, but this performance was unacceptable. Basics of pass and move. Something you get taught at school was totally lacking. Our so-called Captain Will was guilty of this on countless occasions, passing short and never ever running into space to get the return ball. A totally flat performance. Too good to go down, question mark. Not on this showing. So, again, loads of tweets. Thank you for all the tweets that you sent. We couldn't actually mention all of them, so it was only a selection of what we had. So, you know, before matches, after matches, give us a tweet at Orient Outlook and we'll do our best we'll to get you what on. we can, but awesome. Thank you for all the tweets this week. So, moving on to the prediction league, just one correct prediction from Kid Samson O, who predicted 2 0, and he gets three points. There's no change at the top of the prediction league as MP Allen triple two is on top with 11 points. Mark Shepard underscore 79, at Nino Barone 27. And at Orin underscore 17, all second on 10 points. The full table is on our Facebook page. And if you don't have Twitter, you can still play by emailing us your predictions. That's OrinOutlook at Outlook.com. Yep, so fantasy football update. So we obviously got our own fantasy football league. I think 61 players, unless someone else has joined. So Alan Edwards is now still top on 550 points. So well done, Alan. He's 16 points ahead of nearest rival, Elliot Hartfree-Pierce. I'm currently 15th, mate. I've moved up three places. Well done. I'm on 486 points. With one player to play. Yeah, Alan Edwards, mate. I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, today, Sunday the 30th of October, uh, the women's team continue their fantastic run by beating Crawley Wasps 4-1 in their top-of-the-table clash with two goals from Sophie Lemarchand and one each for Jazz and Egil Trezzi. Well done, ladies, who are top of the league with a 100% win record. And a goal difference of 42 in just seven games. They've conceded <laughs> one goal in seven games. Yeah, let yourself down today by conceding that goal. <laughs> Don't Let yourself down, <laughs> big style lady. <coughs> so that concludes the roundup. So we move on now to positives and negatives. So positives, we did find three positives. Just we can always, we can always find them. We can always find them. So positives. Firstly, Nigel Atengana's back. We think he's fit. There's nothing to suggest that he's not fit. Great performance uh, yesterday. Played really well. Second positive is Alex Chizak. As I say, I think he made two brilliant saves yesterday compared to the, as well as the saves from last week's game. And the last positive is the ladies team who, like we've said, a plus 42 goal difference in their division after seven games, which is quite yeah, ludicrous. Last so, but by no means least. Well done, ladies. So negatives, yep. I think you've got more than three negatives this week. We have, yeah. We've overloaded on the negatives. So obviously our league position being a big negative, our home record, the players' lack of passion, desire, to a certain extent professionalism to wear our club shirt. Fans obviously turning. I mean, the fans ones are one for me that drives me crazy because you see fans arguing with each other and they start calling each other names and you're like, look, you both support Leighton Orient. You're not going to agree, so just agree to disagree and leave it there. Like, we've still got... We're getting live notifications now on our Twitter feed that coming through with this podcast is going on with fans still arguing with each other. And it's, guys, if you don't agree with each other, this is like 30 hours after the game yesterday. Just put an end to it. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to change people's mind. If you're the Bichetti out, then you're Bichetti out. If you're Bichetti in, 
you'll be shitty, but you've got to respect each other's opinions because struggling would be mental. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're not gonna you're not gonna change someone else's opinion by by arguing it. No, so absolutely. and, and like, everybody's again, entitled to their own opinion. That that's just yeah. just that's just life. So our final negative: <laughs> um, an owner who carries on making mistakes and not acknowledging them. We were told that Vito Michelli watches training sessions. We don't understand why he would do that. He's not right. a football coach. Can only imagine that he feeds back to the owner, who then tells the manager who to play. Yeah. So. That's that's just our summary. That, that's our supposition yeah, on it. Yeah. So, so here at the week we do have one. Uh, I can't remember if he won last week. I think he came second. I can't remember. No, he didn't. Well, I can't remember anyway. But here at the week this week, <laughs> Alex Chizak. So well, even though you two goals, Alex, if it wasn't for you, I think it would have been three or four. So well, or done. even more. Um, Absolutely. So next week, just the one fixture. So we travel to Sheffield United. In the FA Cup, so this is on Sunday. So we're not playing on Saturday. No, we're playing on Sunday. Yeah, uh, Sheffield United, who started the season pretty badly, are now on peak form. They beat yeah. MK Dons two one at home yesterday. Chris Wilder's a good manager. Yeah, and they're currently fourth now in League One. They got Billy Sharp, who's just scoring for absolute fun down there. I read in the Football League paper an interview with Chris Wilder about Sheffield United, and he's just changed the ethos. He's got young, hungry players rather than ex-pros. That's what you got to do. Yeah, they got they're a big club with. With, with money and he's gone and got younger players who have come from lower league yeah so and he's got them playing how he wants them to play so it'll be a tough game next week um, so safe journey to everybody who is travelling uh, the supporters club are running their coach yeah so we mentioned that so 25 quid gets you there and back so it's pretty decent price actually and yeah. Sunday's traffic should be a bit better than Saturday you hope and it's on the Sunday because Sheffield Wednesday are playing in the league at home so yeah, that's it, thanks mate. for joining us for episode number 83 only one game this week but we are approaching the hour mark here now uh, we're sliding deeper into relegation trouble another disappointing home defeat at least we have a week off from league action and hopefully the players will be able to perform without the pressure of a league game as the FA Cup approaches and we all know what can happen with yeah, the magic sh- of the we FA sure Cup we sure do so hopefully you know, it would be nice to not have a league game worry about league position so no prediction league next week we don't do it for cup games so we won't be taking any predictions so if you send no. it and you're right then you won't get any points anyway yeah so it doesn't count don't worry about it so as always we'll be back Next week with episode 84, hopefully, well, we will have all the information and views that you could ever need. So hopefully there'll be no sacking in the morning because if we do, this podcast will be irrelevant. As it's happened before, it happened with Hester. It has, it? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. if it does happen, you know, if you want it to happen, and if it happens, I'm glad for you, but it will not so good for us. Yeah. If you're going to sack him, sack him on Tuesday or Wednesday, let him listen to the <laughs> let, podcast. Let us pub- publicise it first. So <laughs> yeah. we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we couldn't choose what, what outro we no. were going to do this week, so we're going to leave you with one of our favourite tunes from The Godfather. So thank you very much for listening. Keep calm. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Have a good week, everybody, and keep in touch. All the best and up the O's. Up the O's.